Townsend. show will know that I've been playing this track like crazy for a long time and on Albert Lee, El Scruggs commented I've been a fan and admirer of his guitar work from the first moment I heard him play I'm constantly amazed at his talent I'm sure there are many great players who have been influenced by his style and will continue to be influenced for years to come Albert is in every sense of the word a genuine guitar wizard Albert Lee, very, very, very warm welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Nice to be there, or here, <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> well, i tell you something. I've loved that uh, song for so long, and uh, so it's, it's as much a pleasure just to be able to thank you for that particular song. It's absolutely lovely. And, oh, okay. um, you know, it's, it was rather weird how I get into your music, because uh, it was just one of the listeners one day said, have you heard of Albert Lee? Uh, and gave me this CD to play, and uh, from then on in, I've just loved your music. Uh, so we need to know a little bit more about you, and obviously um, I'd appreciate if you can tell us, first of all, the, the very beginnings. How did you get into the business? Well, uh, along with um, a lot of other people of my age, it was Lonnie Donegan that uh, got me started, you know, got me interested in looking for a guitar and... Uh, wanting to learn to play guitar um, and then shortly after that of course you know I heard all the 50s rock and roll and uh, you know just progressed from there and of course um, when you look at uh, some of the credits on some of the albums or, or singles maybe from the 60s it, it's easy to overlook who has actually been so competent at an early age because you started very early in the business really Oh, well, I did. I did, yes. Uh, I was on the road in 1960, and I was 16 years old. I did my first tour, uh, working for Larry Parnes, the big empresario at the time. He had a lot of rock singers on his, uh, on his list there, and uh, uh, we backed uh, two or three of them, you know, doing uh, little tours. You know, I did a couple of tours up in Scotland. Um, a bass player and I were going through a little Selma true voice amp, one 12-inch speaker, and nothing was mic'd up in those days, so you can imagine how good it sounded, but uh, we were just so excited, uh, you know, being on stage and doing this for a living. And uh, you, you had, uh, your father, I think I read, uh, was a musician, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, he was, you know, not professionally, but, uh, you know, he, he loved to play the piano and the accordion, so, uh, you know, I've certainly... Um, uh, uh, they were happy that I was uh, that I was making music. In fact, they they had me take piano lessons when I was like nine or ten, and uh, you know I got on quite well. But I, I didn't really practice uh, as I should have done, like most kids. You know, I mm -hmm. had to be forced to do it. Uh, but um, it was you know a, a year or so later where when I, I borrowed a guitar from a school friend, and uh, you know it, it, things took off very quickly you know i learned to play very quickly well over the years that uh, i've been making these types of interviews i spoke not so long ago with jet harris 
and I asked him about whether or not the school and the environment of the school gave him any sort of uh, start at all in his guitar career and uh, you know it would appear that most guitarists never got this from school did did you get anything from school and and your music from anywhere like that oh not at all no it was just uh, totally unacceptable at that time you know the, uh, i've forgotten this but a school friend of mine reminded me uh, a little while back that uh, i had a guitar at school and uh, one of the masters came by and saw me playing it and said oh you'll never get anywhere with that lee you know <laughs> uh, but uh, i guess i proved him wrong oh absolutely now uh, i'm reading and obviously every now and again i want to check things that people seem to put on the internet as fact um but di did you enjoy playing the like the early stacks kind of music uh, I did, yeah. I, I must say that during the 60s, I was really into country music, and I was buying Buck Owens and George Jones records, whatever I could get my hands on, you know, because a, a lot of stuff wasn't released in England at that time. But, um, uh, you know, I was buying uh, country records, but I was with Chris Farlow for most of the 60s and playing R&B, but, you know, certainly loving all that stack stuff, you know. Yeah, it's very very cool stuff, and I, I actually enjoy it more now when I listen to it with, you know, great nostalgia. You know, to it's, it was uh, very cool stuff. But but I, th I think what what was confusing me a little bit was, of course, um, Chris Farlow. From what I remember, was basically, well, uh, I suppose there is a bit of a connection, but certainly was not country, was he? Oh no, not at all. No, he was he was he was really into uh, R and B and blues. And, so what do you think brought you this love of uh, guitar and in particular the the speed of the you know the the guitar that you play what what got you there do you think well you know there's so many influences from the early uh, early days you know from late 50s i was listening to um james burton who played with uh, ricky nelson and uh, cliff gallup who played with gene vincent and scotty moore of course who played with elvis but uh and then a little later on, I, you know, I picked up on some of the really hot country players, like, of course, Chad Atkins, and uh, my all-time favorite player, uh, a guy named Jimmy Bryant, who played, played a Telecaster and a really hot jazz country, you know, so uh, he was certainly a big influence. So, you know, uh, my style, I like to think that my style is, is uh, kind of uh, made up of... Uh, of a lot of uh, my influences uh, over the years. I'm going to play a little bit of a track which is called Luxury Liner because when people come into an interview maybe halfway through and wonder what we're actually talking about, just to give an idea of your, your guitar playing. <laughs> to be able to play my guitar like that how did how did you get the speed quite uh, to that sort of extent how do you do it well you know uh, it came uh with practice i guess you know i couldn't do that at the beginning i was i was you know i had a pretty good technique in, in the early 60s but uh, you know the more you do it the more the, the better it better it 
it becomes, you know. So um, it's breathtaking. It's brilliant. You know, I had these ideas in my head of what I wanted to do, and uh, you know, I was I was able to eventually do most of them. You know. Yeah. And um, when you got the offer to go across and work in uh, America, um, what was it that tilted it in the favour of going out to the States? Well, I guess this started in the early 60s when I met up with the Every Brothers. And, uh, and the, the guitar player that was with them at the time, uh, his name's Don Peake. And uh, we've actually been, uh, recently hooked up again after 30 years and uh, good friends. Uh, but at the time, this is like early 60s, he, you know, he, we um, kind of played around a little bit in London. You know, I went up to, uh, to I went to a rehearsal of uh, what Phil Everly was having. And, and uh, you know, they heard me play. And, and Don said, uh, Don Peake said, well, boy, you know, you, you're really good. You should go to, go to the States. You do really, really well there. And I thought. Well, you know, and there are so many great guitar players there, you know, I, I don't know what chance I'd stand, you know. I was only 17 at the time, eight, 17, 18. Yeah. But he said, uh, oh, no, no, you, you said, uh, you know, you, you do really well, you know. They, they like good guitar players there. So throughout the 60s, I always wanted to be there because uh, a lot of my heroes were in America, you know. I wasn't, uh, and certainly throughout the, the 60s, I wasn't really into... Uh, you know the uh, uh, English uh, pop bands, you know, and you know the Jerry and the Pacemakers and, and Freddie and the Dreamers. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, I was totally removed from all that kind of music. You know, I wanted to make American music. Mm -hmm. So uh, it took me it took me a while to get to the States, but I eventually came over in the early seventies with a, a band called Head Hands and Feet. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I used the first to play a pla place we. We, we went to was Los Angeles, and I thought, wow, this is this is fantastic. I love this. Not only the weather, but this is the place for music for me, you know. And I, I immediately met up with a lot of my heroes and began to play with them. And I thought, well, you know, this is where I want to be. And uh, you know, after a couple of years of going back and forth to the UK, um, the band I was with, Head, Hands and Feet, broke up. And and then I ended up with the Crickets, Buddy Holly's old band, the Crickets. And of course, I was a huge Buddy Holly fan. And they were living in Los Angeles. And uh, from there on, really, I, I began to spend more and more time here. And uh, I've been living here ever since. I've been living in Los Angeles. I, I have a contact that I speak with on the phone each week, and he's in Palm Springs. So there are certain things like the festivals that just had the last couple of weeks. Um, which I keep in, in touch with through him, you know. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, this, this re reunion concert with the Everleys. Now, you are actually given the credit for getting them together again. Is this correct? Well, no, it isn't, actually. I, I've read that a number of places, you know. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, as I said, I met them in the early 60s and uh, always wanted to play with them. And then... Uh, when I ended up playing with the crickets here in Los Angeles, um, I, I got to know Don, Don Everly, very well, and uh, he and his brother had just split up. So I was uh, I was working with Don, playing bars with him, and we did a record, and and I did a few high, fairly high-profile gigs with him, where I was singing Phil's part. I was an Everly brother on a few <laughs> gigs, you know. It was a little embarrassing, but there. 
there it is, you know. But uh, I always hoped that I'd get a chance to play with them at least once. And then, uh, like, ten years later, ten years after they broke up, they um, decided to get back together and do a, a concert at the Royal Albert Hall in London. And I got a call from Terry Slater, who was a, a big friend of, of Phil's, and he said, the boys are going to do a gig, and uh, they want you on guitar. And I thought, wow, fantastic, you know. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I was happy to be a part of it, but I certainly wasn't the instigator of it, but uh, I'm really glad that I was able to do it. And, uh, you know, it was a big success, and I thought, well, that's it. But uh, lo and behold, a few months later, I got a call to say that they were going to do an album, and they were going to go out on the road and tour again. And... Uh, I just finished up, I just stopped working with um, with Clapton. I'd been with Eric Clapton for five years, and I was looking for another gig, and uh, and uh, just fell into this uh, Everly Brothers gig, which lasted uh, 20 years, surprisingly. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm looking also at, you know, the, the stars that you've worked with, uh, for example, uh, the, the people that... Well, I'd, I'd probably best if I now ask you about Togan's Heroes... Tell yeah. me, how did all that come about? Well, um, Jerry Hogan uh, and I go back uh, to the uh, uh, mid-60s, you know. Uh, I used to go and I used to see his band play. He had a country band called Jamie, John and Jerry and, uh, at one point, and they were called the Flintlocks. And then they broke up, and I, 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 um, I, put, I put together the band Country Fever, and Jerry played with us occasionally. He was working at IBM by this time, so he couldn't do everything with us. But uh, he's a big champion of the steel guitar in the, in the UK, and for many years he had a, a, a steel guitar festival in Newbury. And uh, about 20 years ago, he called me to, uh, to be a guest on, on his festival. You know, mostly it was steel guitar players, you know, but uh, he thought, well, it'd be nice to have Albert there. Everybody wants to hear him play, so... You know, I, I, I went over there and rehearsed with the band, and uh, we played for about an hour, and uh, I thought, well, this is great. I'd never really fronted a band before, and, uh, you know, I was always a, a little nervous, apprehensive about it, you know? I'd, I'd always been part of a band and a side man and sung a few songs, but not been, actually been the front man. Anyway, it all went so well that we decided to keep it going, and uh, and it's still going to this day you know we've done a number of albums and we tour every year and uh it's been a a, a good a good uh, a good thing to do and, and uh, i'm reading that um eric clapton is on record as saying albert lee in his opinion is the greatest guitarist in the world now coming from somebody like eric clapton that is fantastic praise isn't it well it is i don't know how much truth is in it but uh <laughs> Uh, I don't know where that quote came from, but uh, I mean, I know Eric has uh, a high regard for my playing, as I do his, you know. But uh, in fact, you know, I have a biography coming out uh, in a month or so, um, and uh, Eric Clapton has written the forward for it. That's so uh, I guess he must think something of <laughs> it. But as far as uh, being the best in the world, uh, uh, um, you know, that, that's that's a... Uh, 
a very sweeping statement that there, 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 there can't be a best guitar player in the world because there, there are so many different styles and st- you know so many different kinds of music and different ways of playing it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when when you were uh, talking about your heads, hands, and feet band, there was a single that came from the album, and I can't remember the name of it. I remember I used to play it. Oh, uh, well, we had a number. You know, we, uh, I think we did Country Boys. No, maybe we didn't do Country Boys a single because the track would have been too long. We had a single that, uh, that kind of bubbled under but never quite made it. It was called Warming Up the Band. That's it. That's the one. I, I used yeah, to it, it got played a lot, but it never did quite uh, break through, unfortunately. You know, mm. but people still remember it. Oh, I certainly. Well, I used to. I used to play that in a place called the Cabin in in Birkenhead, on the other side of the water from Liverpool, and and it used, oh, to, okay. go, used to go down a treat. Um, now, obviously, you've had lots of accolades and awards, and uh, your career is just. I would imagine now uh, that anybody who plays a guitar and hasn't heard of your work will be amazed that. They, they've maybe missed a genius, and if you don't mind me saying that, by the way, um, I, I'd like to ask you about this current tour and your current situation where you've you've had a fall, haven't you? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I've, I'm busier now than I've ever been. You know, I'm working with Bill Wyman quite a bit, and uh, and my band, Hogan's Heroes, is uh, always on the road somewhere. So, um, you know, I spend a lot of time travelling, you know, and... Uh, uh, you know, a lot of time away from home, which uh, which I don't enjoy. You know, but I, you know, I love to be out there playing. Uh, but um, I, di- I did a, a tour with Bill earlier th- this year in the UK, and then immediately the next day, when after we finished, I went out on the road with my band, and uh, we'd been out for about four weeks or three or four weeks or so, and uh, we were in Paris. And uh, I was just walking down the street, middle of the day, and uh, not really paying attention. I stepped off a curb and uh, didn't really notice how high it was and went, kind of stumbled forward and couldn't save myself and ended up cracking my arm. Mm. So, uh, I, you know, we had to cancel the tour there and then. So it's been a month now, and uh, I'm just starting to get to, uh, to where, uh, you know, I can... I think you know. I think I can play the guitar again, but it's it's still a, a bit of a struggle, you know. But um, I'm I'm aiming to be back in the UK by the end of end of May. Uh, so um, you know, I'm hoping that I'm going to continue to uh, to mend. You know, I'm yes. I, I'm almost there. You know, but I think I'm going to have a, a a bit of pain now for a month or two. Yes, it, it's horrible when you you have a fall like that, isn't it? Well, it is. You know, I've been lucky, really. I've, I've never broken a bone in my 64 years, you know, so this is the first time, you know. <laughs> well, look, um, I'll keep playing your music. I've really, really got into the album, and, and I tell you, I'm looking forward to anything that comes my way now with your name on it. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, uh, I, well, the tracks you were playing were from my first Sugar Hill album, and I have an, another album that followed that um, called Roadrunner. And uh, we have a new Hogan's Heroes al- album that's going to be um, available from. Well, it, we set, we will be selling it at, at the gigs, but um, it'll be uh, available officially in Ju- in July, and that's called Like This. Uh, so, uh, and we're very proud of it. It's it, um, Elio Pace, our our piano player, has done a wonderful job in producing it. So. Uh, we're very happy with it, you know, so... Um, I look forward to that, and I'll tell you what I'm, I'm going to do... Try, you know, I'll try and get our our, um, 
lady that works for us to uh, to send you some uh, some material. You know, that's so that's brilliant, and I, I'll I'll be looking around to see who else I can find your credits on. Um, what I do now is I'm going to make a, a page on my podcast site. And, and we'll put what we've been talking about today on the on a podcast on that particular page, and then I'll link that up as a tribute to your work. That's great. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure, and um, we'll go out with this track, and uh, as I say, um, we'll be playing the music. I've really enjoyed it, really got onto it, and thank you so much for all your hard work. Oh, well, it's, it's my pleasure. I'm glad you enjoy it. Thank Albert, you so thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. That's Albert Lee, of course.